Hello and welcome to Dungeoneered, a podcast dedicated to discussing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. Let's do this. So Josh, I wanted to take a little trip down memory lane. Uh, can you do that with me? No. Oh, well, okay. Never mind. What do you have to do? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's, let's, let's um, skip down the memory lane for a little bit. Okay, good. Cool. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit today about favorite characters, favorite PCs that you make. And it's fun to take a little trip down memory lane and kind of reminisce about some of the PCs and some of the campaigns that you've been in, some of the campaigns I've been in, and talk about kind of some of the favorite characters that we've made. So... I'm a little curious. What's your what's your favorite character that you made? Do you have a favorite character that you've made? His name's Yalin. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, why, like I don't know why. talking Yal? Like, no, like, no, it's, like it's G. It starts A-Yall. with a G. It's, it's literally the worst spelling in the world. It's G-J-A-L-L-I-N. G-A? G-J. G what? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah why why, why is he your favorite i think you've told me a little bit about him before so yalin is my narrator for my post-apocalypse world and i loved him so much oh. that now he is my permanent narrator and the narrator in the terms of narration is specifically in the kind of this is what happened last week type narrator and so i wait, always you like do you make a voice for him or is it just yeah. like a like yeah he has a he's just southern he just has kind of a basic uh country ah, accent okay so um, it is yallin <laughs> yeah, yeah um and yallin is um i i've i um i always say for the whole time we did the post-apocalypse campaign which we're still in the middle of um i have done every previously as if he is telling a story to a group of people and so right, sometimes right, right. some people can't be there and he kind of makes a comment on that or he kind of he kind of lets things like he talks to them in the recap. So he talks to whoever this. So the whole time the party is like either like, oh, this is just fun flair or what's going on? Like, who, who is he telling this to? But Isn't he like some sort of some sort of major player in your campaign. He is. Spoiler alert. Um, So he is. I mean, I have to go into so much freaking world detail to explain this. Um, (laughs) My world is a post-apocalypse where the apocalypse happens whenever the the people that live on the planet get too technologically advanced and might leave the the planet. So, like, it prevents them from leaving the planet by telling them all? Yes. Yes. So they just kind of they have this this a bunch of like space stations watching the the planet and they have uh, people on the planet that are specifically watching for any of these signs of, oh, no, they're developing a little too much. Gosh, Yalin, that's, pretty, that's, that's pretty brutal. Well, I mean, the, the, the problem is the thing that grows on the planet is like an infection. And uh, they okay. have tried to kill it. It's like a, it's like a cockroach. Every, they've tried to kill all of them so many times but it never works and they keep coming back. They don't, they didn't, oh, so they're just preventing it from mm-hmm. leaving the planet. Yes. So, so it's not, it's not the people like the actual like PCs and their families and such that they hate that these people are trying to prevent. It's the demon like people that are also on the planet that if 
they get off, the world is screwed. That makes sense. I mean, that makes sense, but it's also horrible still. It is horrible. Makes sense. And that's why someone like Yalin exists. So Yalin, his job has been to press the reset button. He gets all the info and all the stuff and he presses the reset button when he when his way. when he finds the info enough that this is dangerous we need to stop this so he's documenting the story and telling the story collecting info at the same time well no so what he's doing now is he's decided i've had enough there has to be another way he has seen this happen so many times and so many families and people destroyed and he hates it as he, most people rightfully would in that situation. So what he's done is he has done things to help um, bolster this current um, version of people on the world, hoping to make them powerful enough that they can, one, find pretty much where the demons are coming from, because if they can find that, maybe they can actually defeat the source instead of okay. just knocking it back. So the whole point of the campaign is that they ha- they're they going to find the source. They're going to have to deal with it and then destroy it and the, it'll stop the apocalypses from happening. So Yalin has actually brought some of the PCs together because he is he sees them as a possible hope for the world. Like he he one of the people wanted their backstory to be they come from a non post apocalypse world. Ooh, and they got okay, teleported here. So I had it be Yalin brought them here, seeing their potential. Interesting. Okay. And another player and wanted like a... to have a backstory where he kind of forgot who he was and he was a gunslinger. So I was like, okay, well, he has advanced technology and he forgot who he was. So he was one of the people that was originally trying to, uh, that their job was to be on the planet and warn when the technology gets too advanced. But he forgot all of that because of Yalin wiping his memory. Interesting. Okay, that's a very interesting. And why do you, why do you like this character? He's just fun. He's funny. He has interesting backstory. That type well, of thing. Well, I I just like I I love the idea of all that's been set up so far with him, and he just is a really interesting character because on a meta level, they know he's more than meets the eye. Right. Right. But on a non-meta level. All they've met him as is a merchant that just travels around the waste. So they're like, he clearly has the same voice as the narrator. We know he's the narrator, but we can't say he's the narrator. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do they um interact with him much? Like, do they talk with him much? Um, he he's kind of one of those more enigmatic figures where he he shows up when <laughs> he wants to, type thing. Okay. But I mean, they have sent to him and got his aid on certain things before. And is he powerful in your world? Like, is he a powerful yeah. figure? Or is he just like average? I mean, nobody knows he he's as powerful as he is, but um, he is he, he is strong enough to survive by himself in the post apocalypse. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. That speaks for itself. I don't. Man, it's hard for me to think of a character that my favorite character that I've made, whether that's an NPC. I can I can go for another one that I literally just made just last week. The first appearance of them was. Oh, do it. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, so it's it's a member of a family. His name is Kremthar. 
Kremthar. He is Kremthar. a spectator. A spectator is a type of weak beholder. Yeah, that's the tiny little beholder guy. Yeah, with four with four eye stocks. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I use them a lot in D and D. I think they're really fun creatures. They're really fun. Yeah, and this family is a family of beholders called the MacGuffins. Now, do you know what the term MacGuffin is? Um, I feel like I should. It's like a person or object that moves the plot along. Okay. 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 Is pretty much what it means. And so there are so, beholders that move the plot along. <laughs> that move the plot along if they ever need to. <laughs> but um, uh, this is in my next world, which is a high magic setting. Um, and the fun thing that I made about him is is one of the major thing about spectators is spectators are only brought into this world by wizards. So a wizard will summon it and say you need to protect this place for however long the contract is. And the spectator is like, okay. And the spectator protects it. And in the isolation of just being alone and protecting a location or an item or something, they are known for going mad. No. So they're known oh, to be no. insane. Oh so no. So this one is insane. But the way he is insane is that he has created a bunch of fictional characters that he talks with and he thinks are his best friends. <laughs> That's so fun. That's so fun. They look like the party, but they're named the player's real name. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were a player, whatever your character's no. name wouldn't matter. He would call you Aaron. He'd be like, hey, Aaron, like, what are you doing here? And you've never met this person before, but he calls you Aaron. I hate it so much. And oh, and so no. they're going to go to where he's protecting, which is an old lab, which is actually super important to the story, but they won't know how important it is until later. Um, but they will see these little, like, dolls that he's made that look just like them and has their names carved in it as the player's <laughs> oh, names. No, I can't. <laughs> You should okay. I mean, this you might should, be super what, creepy. Okay. <laughs> what you should do is when they first meet them, you hand out props. You like buy some dolls, like cheap dolls, and you hand out props. But you like print out a picture of like their face, and you put it on the doll. <laughs> be so creepy. That would be very creepy and a little weird, but just like something that you would make. Uh, yeah, true. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I don't know. I have so many characters that I like and enjoy. I've made I've made a lot mm. of NPCs, obviously. Um, I don't know, but for um, player characters, I kind of want to go the player character route. I don't know. I have a few that are near and dear to my heart. I have Wilkis. You remember Wilkis? That's I I don't know. I, I Luke Lucas Wilkis was like my very first real D and D character. Major character. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've played I played D and D a lot before him, but it wasn't anything. It was just here's here's your character play it type stuff. Yeah, it wasn't as serious. Yeah, yeah. And so Wilkes yeah. was my like very first, and he was just a he was super annoying. <laughs> so, I'm glad you 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 call it out. He yeah he uh he was yeah, he was uh, boy, and then halfway through the campaign, you know, I think we all just realized that like this is just <laughs> this is a disaster. <laughs> yeah, we're just being goofballs, and this isn't as fun as we think it is. Yeah, yep. So I think, you know, he has a little special place in my heart for for sure. I mean, then Cassilius and, you know, Cassilius also, he's my, was my tiefling bard who 
Mm. You know, I really enjoyed him too. We never really got too deep into anything with Casilius because Casilius's main thing was he was acting really dumb on purpose to like hide a bunch of stuff. So, I mean, he was just you know he was a very typical, he was a like, tiefling that kept everything to character. his chest. Yeah, to the much. point where yeah, and, we were far into the campaign and it felt like we knew nothing, and he was just kind of doing. Yeah, things. but he was like really open about everything but he just lied about everything that he was open about so like he was from a family of you know gypsy merchants and he was <laughs> you know like he was open about telling everything but none of it was really true but you know he was just your very mm-hmm. typical bard he was your because he, he was just your very typical like face of the party bard who just lied a bunch and you know tried to schmooze with everybody not necessarily in like a sexual way or anything anything but just was like constantly you know making a mess in a tavern and stuff mm. like that. But I think my favorite PC character that I have is probably Seamus. And I think you, you know a little you know Seamus a little bit too. Uh he was also a bard. Um but he was my halfling bard and I really loved him a lot. He was really fun. His backstory was super fun. He had like spider legs that he cuz in his city that he came from it was like a steampunk city and he had spider legs that were like steampunk spider legs that gave him an extra 5 movement <laughs> 5 feet of movement and spider climb. That was like his little magic item that he got to start with, and it was super fun. He was really fun. He was like a he was mm-hmm. a he was a psychic blades bard, which is not a good subclass. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it right now, it kind of sucks. But he used a like a musket, and he would psychic blades with it, even though that doesn't make any sense. But apparently, you can do that kind of stuff. So that was that was a fun character too. But I don't know. I have so many fun memories. Like, my favorite memory, which I think we probably have told in the podcast with Wilkis, was when I was hiding in those bushes and I kept ringing that guy's doorbell in the Magical City. Oh, magical city. <laughs> so dumb. Yep. What city was that? Where was that? Where was that? That was an actual D&D setting. <laughs> uh, well, it was actually, sorry. That is a uh, Magic the Gathering setting that I brought in that, that they had just created, like, a small little PDF of hey you can play this in your game and i just like needlessly like completely <laughs> yeah. needlessly created a portal there just to end it up there i don't even um, remember how <laughs> you went through a portal in a cave um it, it was ca- it's called kaladesh it's like a steampunk city um but it was not in my setting at all and i didn't know how to create worlds or settings <laughs> yeah. at that point and so it was just kind of like why is this here it was hilarious because I, I don't even remember how the subject came about with doorbells, but I just remember I just remember this guy was super mean to me and he was like a total jerk. So I ended up hiding in the bushes and because a uh, mage hand for for arcane tricksters can be like invisible. I was just ringing his doorbell with an with a mage hand over and over again while hiding. Mm-hmm. And because I was a rogue, you know, your stealth is like plus a million. So it's like you couldn't find me. So stupid. <laughs> so dumb. I also remember in that campaign too, I know we're going a little long, but I remember in that campaign too, uh, I stole somebody's squirrel. Like they were eating squirrel and I stole somebody's squirrel. And ate it. Oh gosh, I forgot about that. But yes, you did do that. <laughs> like he, like he was, he had it on his plate, and he was just, he was just a regular guy <laughs> that you stole his so a piece of squirrel that he was cooking. <laughs> like he was cooking like a bunch of, of skewers of them, <laughs> and you just took one, and he, and like you were supposed to like become his friend or like help him, and he's like, why would I trust you? You, you stole, stole some squirrel you from stole me. My squirrel, but I think those. <laughs> 
because Kaladesh was like towards the end, Kaladesh. so we were kind of getting like you know it was just and it was making you like really mad, <laughs> not like super angry, but you get my point. Like it, it, it was just like, you, you were because because you were just screwing around, it was just irritating, um, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Oh, yep. good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. So, what's the real topic for this week? The real topic for this week, as we are beginning a new season of of Dungeoneered season five. Now, w- during our last season, we created a bunch of ideas about this is what we want to do for season five, because we liked the ideas that we created, but we're like, we don't want to use these in this current season. And I asked you to take the notes on these. Oh yeah. So you have definitely have them written down. Yeah. For oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I trust that you yeah, did. Yeah. And yeah, let me, the let first me thing that we really created. Quick. Okay. The first thing that we wanted to create was a world that was literally shaped by the gods. Yeah. 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 World that was. And what it was is the gods the were, yep. the they were fighting right like the gods fight and they also in these fights it was like a almost gladiatorial thing that is how they gained their followers almost like a celebrity trying to be the most impressive fighter or the most impressive combatant and and in those fights they they massively shaped and terraformed the world listen and so i was like okay i'm proud of myself i don't want Listen here. This is what I wrote about this, okay? I wrote, gods mm-hmm. don't have domains. Fight for creation's belief slash created world. That's what I wrote. <laughs> Beautiful notes. And so my idea was I <laughs> don't want to have, like, I don't think it would make sense to have uh, a topic be a god or something like that. So I decided let's talk about a pantheon. Let's talk about the whole entire pantheon of something. And I looked around and a bunch of them led into one. And so I was like, okay, well, let's just talk about the one overarching one. And then we'll maybe relate to how the other ones kind of somehow relate to this in way partway through. So we will. So this week we're talking about the Faerunian pantheon, which Faerun is the kind of Europe part of the Forgotten Realms. The kind of Europe medieval fantasy of the Forgotten Realms. Now, as is the case for many of the pantheons in the time that D&D takes place, this pantheon is a conglomeration of multiple pantheons, as the people who followed them slowly became one. In this pantheon, they were a combination of the Netherese, the Jamdoth, the Koromshit. The, the what? <laughs> the what? The what? No, wait. <laughs> what? Say that one again. Say that one again. I'm going to spell it out because I don't know how I'm supposed to say it. C O R A M S H I T E. Ah, yes. Ah. Kromshit? I don't know, but whatever you said the first time, I'm certain that that was not it, but I love it. So we'll go with what you said earlier. And the Talfaric Pantheons. Oh, man, I'm like five. I'm, I'm, These, I am mature. You are like five. These pantheons were human pantheons. No, I mean, it, it. it's not a good... I feel like it should have been a different I word. I don't know. I'm, I'm really into the easy-to-pronounce names and uh, places. That's, that's, that's all I'm about. These pantheons were human pantheons and developed differently from each other because the human population was separated geographically far enough that they didn't even border each other. 
But over time, as they all began, as they all grew, they began to find each other and intermingle their cultures and beliefs. As this happened, it caused mayhem on other realms. But it wasn't like a, a switch going off. So it's hard to point at like a specific moment. But as the religions and cultures merged between these, these large populations, certain gods began to lose favor and power. Because Wait, gods in the me, Forgotten Realms... Remind me really quick. Gods gain power from people worshipping them, yes. right? Yes. So the, the okay. more you have and the more powerful they are, the better off you are as your power is stronger. And so when these cultures began to mingle, certain gods began to just come out on top because people liked them better, I guess. Got it. Got it. But gods weren't one to just back down and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's a fair, it's a fair fight. He, they, they like his ideas better. No, that was not what was going to happen. Of course not. That would be boring. That would be boring. (laughs) Instead, the gods would challenge each other and fight for dominance and the winner would take the the higher ranking. Um, any with overlapping we- aspects had to figure out who was greater and who was lesser. And many took to fighting for it. What was what were you gonna say? Something? Oh, I was gonna say, are we talking like like good old fashioned brawl fights? Or are we talking like world domination explosion fights? Or are we talking you know debates? What are we talking? What are we talking? Massive here? fights of of the two gods against each other. Most of these did not take place on the planet though. They took place uh, on okay. the home realms of these deities. Got it. Got it. It's a good old fashioned smackdown between two gods. Now, some decided that they had enough of the political God scene and split their power among mortals like Jurgel, who created three gods from mortals. <laughs> to... <laughs> Jurgle. What are you five? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great name Jurgle Jurgle J-E-R-G-A-L Jurgle what is what is Jurgle's domain like well no hold uh, you, oh, oh it's it, it's bad domains um <laughs> he split them Jurgle. he, he okay. split them between three gods that so he he took mortals who I don't know if he trusted them or they were followers of his but they he made them gods but instead of him being a greater deity like he was, they made he made a bunch uh, three lesser deities. So he made Bane, the god of strife, Baal, the god of murder, Merkel, the god <laughs> and the new god of death. Bane, Baal, and Merkel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so bad. I love it. It's so good. I shouldn't be making fun of creating other stuff, mortals but it's funny. rose to godhood in this time facing off against each other and older established gods for ultimate control of the major aspects. Okay. They, okay. Wait, we have to at least hope that he's not spelt B A L L. What are we talking about? The God, the, the God ball. It's not B A L L. Is it? Please don't it's be B A L L. B H A A L. Okay. 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 Good. I was going to say if it's B A L L, Pantheon was, what is called a single sphere pantheon meaning a pantheon formed on the premise of being the one and only pantheon for the whole planet now this was not perfect and others were able to kind of sneak into this world now dnd does something really interesting here and brings in the multiverse by 
freeing up space for more gods. They have all worlds connected, ours and theirs. This goes so far that in the lore, they have Agma and Sylvanas from the Celtic pantheon that came to the Forgotten Realms because they began to lose followers in their original home, which we would know would be Earth. Tyr came from the Norse pantheon, Loviatar and Mielik from the Finnish pantheon, and they all came to restore their power and gain a following in Faerun because they were losing it in their home realm. Interesting. Which is a really interesting way to connect uh, Toril and Forgotten Realms with the real world. And it's also interesting to think about because I, I always was curious. I don't I haven't found any like good, well-written article or anything on this, but like that moment or that like however long it was. Like we we think of these major pantheons and major gods from Norse to Greek to Roman. What is the moment of their pretty much death? Like, what is the moment where people like said, no, nah, I'm not going to believe in this anymore. Like, how did that happen? Like there was I haven't seen anything like that goes into good detail on those th- that event <laughs> on those times yeah i haven't because either but they i were, also haven't <laughs> yeah we we have such a strong understanding of these people heavily 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 believed it and based their culture around these things how did they just disappear how did the world take that how did that nation take that how did the culture take that like what changed so rapidly that they said we're going to forgo every this this substantial pillar of our culture because we don't believe in it now how does a whole culture do that so fast yeah honestly i have no idea i mean I but i i love I the idea of them it. leaving the gods leaving that world because they're losing followers and coming to this fantasy world yeah that's that's super interesting but also I mean, there. I love that. I love it. It's 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 great, but also kind of like I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to run something like that. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to run something like that because you don't want to step on any toes if it's a... not. Yeah, I mean, you know, not even that too, because I, you know, I don't think there's a lot of worshippers of like Loki anymore. But like, like you know, like I don't know. I'd have to do a lot of research about those gods, right? Whereas, like, if I make my mm-hmm. own, I kind of just am my own expert, you know? <laughs> yeah, I understand that. It makes sense. But there's also a lot of room to really step on toes doing that, too. There's a lot of room for that kind of mistake, too. Mm-hmm. Now, as we talked about before, these gods were not the best people, as they were cruel and exploitative of their followers. And it got so bad that it was that it horrified the over-god or over-deity Ao. I'm, despite I'm this, he, he wasn't going... Ao! Uh, yeah, despite this, yeah, he wasn't going to step on anybody's toes, so he decided to just let it play out. He was like, they're horrible people, but they haven't done anything majorly wrong, so I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna overstep. And that would have been the end of the story. The gods would have gone on, everything would have been as it is, but the gods Bane and Merkel had incredible greed and they stole from Ao the Tablet of Fate, which we have talked about in another episode. What about Ball? 
What did Bald do? He wasn't involved. He was a good guy. Wow. Wow. I respect the for God ball. of murder. Res- a good guy. Res- respect for Ball. Because it's it's not it's not death. He's not the god of death. He's the god of murder. Just straight up the god of murder. <laughs> it's a very different. That's a very different understanding. It's a very different thing than death. Oh boy. Now, boy. Ao was not having any of this as he was pissed, and he began a time to kick the gods into the dirt and reshape them, called the time of troubles. Now, we've talked about the Time of Troubles before, but the short of it is he forced the gods to become mortal. They were still super powerful. They were still gods, but they had to take mortal form on Toral and exist amongst their followers. Uh-oh, that's not good. This made it incredibly easy for a god of the Faerunian pantheon to die. Yeah, that's Because not if their all. mortal form died, the deity actually died. Now, seven episodes ago, in episode 81 on Finder Wyvenspur, we discussed him and how he became a deity during the time of trouble, killing a god and be- taking, taking the energy from that to become his own deity. Now, during these times, he wasn't the only, Finder Wyvenspur wasn't the only mortal to become, to get godhood. And other pantheons were also not immune to Ao and his anger. So they also had to take physical form. So um so Ao the the Ao. creator is he like yeah so much more powerful than the other gods that they can't really do anything about him? A thousand like, can they not like yep. Okay, so they can't like band together band together no, and kill he him or is something. the guy that literally the god anybody who wants to be a god has to be like um uh, um sir it, it can can i be a god okay and he's like yes or no got it okay. and so even if if a if a god gets like kills somebody kills another god of another aspect and says i'm gonna just absorb this into myself and he's like, okay, so I was the god of death. Now I'm the god of death and life because I killed the life deity. Ao could just be like, no, you're not. I don't know what you're talking and about. And take that away. <laughs> like, uh, no. <laughs> like, uh, has any mortal seen him? Yes. Has any mortal seen it's him? It's super rare. That you know of? I don't know if they, I don't know if they could actually what? like see him, but they have interacted with him. So what does he do on a day-to-day basis? Just kind of like chill out and chill? We don't know. We literally don't know. He must just hang out and have a beer or something. <laughs> I mean, he could be running the universe for all we know. True, true. Like if he stopped, everything would die and blow up. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of, uh, the last major event... I'm going to skip some of my notes. The last major event that happened in time for the um there, there's two last major events that that happened before the kind of modern time in the Faerunian pantheon first was the god Siric who has had been causing a lot of problems trying to gain more power and doing it in dangerous ways he kills the god of magic Mistra and magic goes mad because as you suggested about the universe 
Mistra does that for magic. She's constantly fixing and making sure it works perfectly. Right. So as soon as she dies, there's no one to do that. It creates a time of turmoil and chaos called the spell plague. It's not good for pretty much anybody. Some interesting things happen then. And um, things transport between worlds that didn't technically know the other one existed. And the thing that happened after that, after everything's kind of people learned to live with and subsided the negative effects of the spell plague. The thing we talked about uh, last, literally last week, the first sundering where the earth kind of shattered and the world kind of magic kind of went a little crazy a little bit. The second sundering is kind of what brought fourth edition into fifth edition. Oh, okay. The second sundering. So, so fourth edition, they cut back on a lot. A lot of things were cut back to make it as, as, as they considered it streamlined and great. The problem is, a lot of those things that they cut were really cool and people loved. So it was really not a people did not enjoy yeah. having those things cut from their game. Now the second sundering brought it back, brought a lot of things back. So deities that they just said, Oh, that one died. That one had problems. Oh, that one was killed during the time of troubles, things like that, where they kind of were, were cutting down on how many things they had to, to think about gods and such they brought back during the second Sundering to make 5th edition have the people in it that it has, have the gods in it that it has, and so on and so on. We had to backpedal and <laughs> re, uh, reintroduce everything. And that is... Well, they didn't backpedal on everything, but they backpedaled on some of it where they're like, yeah, we cut a little... We were a little too harsh on cutting things. And so that is kind of how the pantheon of the Faerunian deities got to where it is today. And so I was thinking we use this to inspire us to create our own warring gods that compete for the attention of the people. So when we talk about gods competing for, you know, acknowledgement from the people, mm. what do you think of? What's like the first thing you think of in your mind? I'm thinking a physical brawl. But I also, I also think... I also think now that I've thought about it longer, like like as I was going through our, my topic, I was thinking, you know, there's gods that are their domains are not murder or or fighting in any way. What if there's a few different types of these types of competitions? Yeah. Well, so some yeah. the gods of more physical things do war and battling while some do entertainment. Yeah. See, this is what I was because when I first, you know, made the suggestion, I was kind of like, it'd be super cool, but at the same time, you know, a god of peace is probably not gonna, you know, like, not gonna go rage, you know, rage in a, you know, in a big fight in... Against the machine. Yeah, true, yeah, true. Um, so it would be interesting to have different like events i guess that gods would take place in do you let's well, for now let's stick with fighting okay let's stick with fighting right now do you see this more as like you're sitting out on your porch and you look up in the sky and you see two gods fighting or do you see this more of like there's like a 
instead of like a Mount Olympus, it's like a gladiatorial arena, and everybody comes and visits, and two gods brawl in the so gladiatorial arena. So I think that's what it is now. It is now more centralized and in a certain area. Maybe there's a whole continent where that's the whole thing that that continent is, is that they can just screw around like that. Now, okay. I, I love originally, I, I think that's how they shaped the world. I think I think that's originally it was unbound and un unchained. And so islands were created. And so maybe this world is like so incredibly full of just like islands and broken off pieces of land that there's like very little large continent stuff because it was forged in this all out brawl. Yeah, so I I agree in terms of I think how kind of the beginning started. You know, if I'm picturing it in my mind, it is fights between gods that shape the land, right? So, you know, continents, oceans, rivers, you know, all sorts of stuff that, you know, these gods have created during these fights, you know, scars on the landscape, all sorts of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to wrap my head around because I really love the idea of these gods having like a gladiatorial arena like a like a you know a fighting pit that people can go and watch these fights take place but i have a hard time seeing how that would look or where that would be like is it its own plane like do you travel to a different plane like do you step through a portal or something when these events happen is it like like on top of a mountain is it like there a valley like could there be um so originally it was on this plane but now could it be um that they are as you said on another plane and this other plane that they're on you have like these little like viewing magic items that allow you to view it so i have i have on your i have two television yeah i have two thoughts about that one do we want this world to be that magical where like there is like a viewing thing that you can, you know, be at? Well, it might not um, even the world doesn't even have to be magical for this because I think if you um specifically make it where the gods gifted this to the world because they're the whole thing is they're trying to be impressive. So the magic does not have to be at the level to create this and this many of these. It could just be that's what the deities wanted so the deities made it that way okay yeah i i don't know i'm i'm not a big fan of of that um i think so where my mind is kind of going it's going more towards like a um a human centric version like the gods themselves so i picture like you know, like a family waking up on their farmstead and like it's, you know, it's 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 the day that they travel to the city of the gods. Right. And so they load up their little wagon and, you know, their their donkey and some of their goods to take to market and they, you know, make their way down to the city of the gods. And there they can like they can see and. Heck, even like talk and meet with some of these gods. So like you walk down the street and there's like, you know, the god of you know, bravery, who's like, you know, putting on a show, getting ready for his gladiatorial event, right? But he's like human. He's like, he he comes down and manifests as human. And they go into this oh, arena. Oh, so their avatars fight. Yeah. 
and and yeah. and it's going to be grandiose. Like it's not it's not like they're you know normal. Human. Oh yeah, it's still going to be incredible. Yeah, yeah. but like they because as yeah. it's the, just like in the times of troubles where they were all forced to become mortal and come onto this plane, they were still incredibly freaking powerful, but they were just mortal yeah bad. yeah and so i i like that idea of like like a hercules from like like the disney movie type thing where like you know you have these individuals who participate in you know who come to the city of gods to participate in these you know god brawls right and heck and i even picture like like this city is a is a one like a wondrous place like there's giant theaters where people compete you know, like gods compete through entertainment there's you know cathedrals of art where you know gods compete through art and you know study and knowledge and architecture and stuff like that and i think you know philosophical debate um so i think like that is kind of what i'm envisioning and i you know again i love the idea of like you know a a, a grandson like a, a grandpa's like taking his grandson to the city of gods to you know go experience the wonders and and watch some of the brawls and the entertainments that you know are put on display and maybe you know in certain cultures it's like a a coming of age ceremony where this is where you choose which god you follow right so like you're 13 you you get taken to the city of gods and that's where you really choose which god you want to follow which one speaks to you the most right so you watch the god of courage defeat the you know the god of bravery and you know from then on, you were like a follower of the God of, you know, courage, you know, not, not because you had to, but because it like inspired you so much. Right. Um, yeah. I love the idea of imagining these kids with like posters yeah. on their wall of like <laughs> yeah. the God that they love. And they're like, Oh, I want to be just like, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's super fun. Um, but then I run into the problem of, Boy, you certainly wouldn't want your thirteen-year-old, thirteen-year-old, to go watch the God of Murder and then <laughs> beat the God of Bravery, and then uh, now your son follows the God of Murder. <laughs> well, I don't think the the kid has to choose the one that wins. I think the the kid just no. I think it's purely an entertainment thing. Agreed. Where the kid gets to choose from there. I liked this one better. Agreed. Agreed. No, I absolutely agree. It's just like. To me, there could be a lot of really, you know, you know, I mean, you if you were inspired by the god of murder, then, you know, here we are, right? So there's a part of me that all of a sudden wants to do, like, maybe the evil deities were beaten in these fights, and they're now locked in some sort of prison, right? And so maybe even some, inter like, god entertainment shows are of, like, these famous battles between, you know, these... Naked and afraid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i don't know there's a part of me that's like maybe fear factor yeah, yeah maybe maybe these the evil deities were like defeated and they're you know cast out or whatever or maybe they have their own version of it on like a flip side like a you know on a different plane or you know maybe they yeah, like your original idea yeah. about them not having domains and I think I think calling them the gods of yada yada is more a title like a champion has in a fighting arena than an actual domain or aspect of theirs. Yeah, and they just these are just powerful beings that fight and you know participate in events and yes, and can grant powers if you want to be like a cleric or paladin or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I I just I 
I just love that, uh, you know, that concept of like, you know, 13 year old deciding which God to worship because they saw it at a. No, I do think it would be, you could have some really them. interesting things so with like characters in but, this world as like if you were denied a, the ability to be a cleric or paladin of like a deity. You could physically try and meet that deity and be like, hey, well, what what's up? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and and like I was saying earlier, I, w- I think it'd be really fun, like you know, massive crowds outside the gladiatorial stadium and like, you know, the God of, you know, like this God comes walking through the street. Who's like, he's like waving and like, he's on like, or he's like, on like on a, a giant war elephant and he's like waving to the crowds and like, you know, throwing out like flowers and, you know, like, <laughs> and so you could, you could have some really fun moments of like these grandiose figures that, you know, now the, the question with this too is like, are these figures so we don't we I think I like the idea of them not having domains right it's just kind of like a nebulous these are like the powerful gods of the world who fought and formed and shaped the world do they die do we want them to be is there like I a mortal aspect to them mortal where they forms can die can die but i think they can just come back but they need like something has to happen whether it's like money or time or like i don't know what do you want to restrict how do you want to restrict the gods? Do you want it to be a time-based thing? If, they're, if their mortal form dies, they have to wait a certain amount of time before they can manifest again? Is it monetary? Is it um, a bunch of people have to do, like their followers have to do a ritual? So like once you lose a certain amount of followers, you can no longer manifest again. So you don't ever want to hit that moment because... Then you're stuck. You can't perform in the games to show people that you deserve to be followed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd imagine it's probably like a time constraint or like, a, you know, like when a demon dies and has to go back to his original plane for 10 days before it can do anything. Like, I think it'd be something like that. Probably longer, though. But, you know, something like that is what I would imagine. Um, shoot, I had a really good question based off of this that I was going to ask, and I totally slipped my, my brain. Um, Sorry about that. No, oh, man, it was a really important question, but I do not remember it at well, all. Just totally as our parents would say, brain. and it probably wasn't very yeah, important. Then. Yeah, yep, yep. Ah, that's gonna be that's and that's gonna bug me. But yeah, I think there's probably just like a like a time a time penalty, I guess, like a little delay if you lose. Maybe not if you lose, but if you die. Do you think? Um, do you think these gods are Oh, this is this this is what it was. Okay. So when we're talking about like the power level of a god, okay? And if they're so like readily available and accessible, what does that look like in terms of power scale from a like a a player character, right? And like a god. Cuz you know, we don't want to make so many gods that the players in a D&D world don't feel like they can be heroes because you have, you know, gods, um, you know, roaming around and fighting and, you know, being glorious in arenas. So what does that kind of look so like in you your mean? eyes? So you're saying, are you, you're saying like, you, so you're saying that you, know, when you you're, don't think other gladiators could exist in this world? No, I'm not saying other gladiators couldn't exist in this world, but what do we, like, how do we see the interface between gods and humanity 
like celebrities. How do they like interact like with each other? Like where they're like going to a car and there's a whole bunch of people like, oh, my yeah. God, I love you. Oh, can I get your signature? Yeah. Do you think a mortal human, like, because if, if I'm scaling it based on a player character in my campaign, do you think a level 20 character could fight and beat a god? Like um, a mortal avatar? I think that's kind avatar, of another, that's the question. Very, very, like, it would be very hard but I think they could do it. I think it. that's what I want um, too. And, and they could, because I think it would be really fun to, um, you know, maybe there's a god that you know the party really hates, and they challenge some sort of like gladiatorial duel or something, right? Or like, you know, there's potential for gods to be murdered and killed and assassinated, and you know, plots to arise from that, political and plots to arise. Oh, no, I definitely think that's like might be where the story goes of plots of of death and betrayals yeah no i think so and so i think that like i want you know the vast majority of people to not be anything near what these gods are but there are people in the world who can become very powerful in their own regard even though they're mortal and even possibly as powerful of a, of a, as a god especially if they have like the right magic items and tools to do so um how do you think the gods would feel about that or just that mortals can become as powerful as they can. Do you think it's like an indifference because like this is just their weak avatar state? Like, do you think <laughs> like, is it that kind of thing? Uh, I think it is. I, I think it's an indifference or maybe even a source of pride because like if they can get that person on their side, like they, they're going to look cool. Cause I, I think, okay, I, think I see what you're saying. Politics of the gods is so removed from what people care about that. I don't think, I, I think it, it's it's a like it becomes a competition of like I can get them on my side. Do you think um kind of building off this, do you think that humans participate in these type of things as well? Like is there like a like you go to a concert, right? And you go to watch, you know, your the main act, but before the main act happens, there's like a, you know, a smaller band that performs first and does like a <laughs> like warms up the crowd do you think like humans like the opening like, band yeah like an opening act do you think humans do do some humans fill that kind of role before the main gladiatorial fight or like the main you know event definitely and i think i think if it's like one that's heavily based around a certain god i think that it's like a paladin of that god so it's like we're gonna show like a faux version of the fight with two paladins of those deities yeah no i think yeah i agree and i also love i also would love the idea of like especially in like theater there's like reenactments of like world changing fights right with like grandiose magic and uh you know like like a, a, yeah. a bard god essentially who's like you know telling this story with magics and um you know i think that'd be really fun too mm -hmm. do you think for sure so do you think these gods are like super wealthy? Do you think it depends on like their characteristics? Like I, depend, do I gods... think it depends on how much they win. I think you can make a lot of money through these fights, but I also think yeah, that do you if think... you suck, they're not going to make a lot of money. Like do we see do we see these gods because they don't have domains? Do you see them limited by characteristics like a you know a god who is like a humble like a humble god like is it more limited in that sense or are they just doing their own no, thing because i think i think they can they can each one can entertain 
and make money in their own way. Now, here's my my next question, too, a little bit about the city of... I like the name the City of Gods. I think that's a really, really fun little name. But do you think, like, this city is accessible to people all the time? You'd think so, right? Right? Like, it's a main central city? I think it's like a... I I liked your idea of it kind of being like a coming of of age type thing. I think that's totally what it could be, where it's like a, um, a coming of age where... Um, or like a, a travel to the city of of Mecca, where they're like, "Oh, we're gonna we, like it is a spiritual growth to do this." Oh man, there is there is so much room for corruption in this this. Holy cow! Oh, dude, there's people that make so much money off this that are just the worst people. Yes. Oh man, this is like, I just picture it being like. I mean, not not all this way, but like this grandiose thing. But there's a lot of shady stuff going on too, you know. Like, oh man, like they're like, and everybody like, knows it, but you cannot say it. Yeah, like what if there's because like there's gonna be gods who are not necessarily you know honorable, right? Because they're all gonna have different personalities, like a human would. So like you have a god who mm-hmm. like, you know is more inclined to use their powers to steal and to connive and to you know sell snake oil. I mean, boy. <laughs> I'm telling you well, what, I think, it could I think be it's really, really going to uh... be like a faux version of celebrities where like there are celebrities that 100% peddle snake oil. I know. They don't I know. call them snake oil and people don't get bad, I'm as mad at them yeah. as they should, but it is snake oil. It is not helpful in any way, but, but they're because of their star power, they're able to get people to buy into this. You know what you... I mean, this This is, I mean, I love, first of all, I love this idea a lot. I think this is a really fun idea. And I also think it'd be really fun to do like a reverse card on this and do like a, um, like while you're running your main campaign, uh, do like one shots here and there of the players making their character, like a god character that they're playing in, like in kind of having like this like one off little series of, <laughs> I think it'd be so fun. Where you make a like a literal god that you play for this little one shot, and there's some sort of issue that's going on between the gods. I think that'd be so much fun. Yeah, it would definitely be a fun world to live in, to to play in as these celebrities. Do you do you see like um do you see these gods gaining power based on the people who worship them? Is that kind of what yes. we're thinking here? Uh, hmm. I immediately thought yes, but now think- I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, I think there's a two-step. Is that is that like a weight class thing? It could be. Is that how they like <laughs> limit who like oh you have fifty thousand followers, you're in the fifty thousand follower weight class, like, and you're in only ten thousand. Thanos with us five hundred thousand followers. <laughs> like, <laughs> make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And subscribe. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That sounds about right. Like, do we see that? Or do we see it as like a a two-step thing where there's something that limits the gods to where the avatars are all roughly the same power, but the gods themselves gain more power as more worshippers occur? I kind of love the... Uh, I, I kind of love this horrible, horrible... Uh, in that, uh, <laughs> this horrible, horrible kind of um, 
weird version of celebrities. Yeah, or that we are coming or up they, with. I love this. Yeah, or they gain. This is terrible and stupid, and this world would be amazing. It's so fun. Are you kidding me? I would love. I mean, I want to make a world like this. this you could so have. Fun. You could have such so fun in this kind of weird celebrity godhood. Oh, it would be so. World. Honestly, it, yeah, I would have a blast, especially as a well DM or a player in this kind of world. And I think I love the idea of weight classes based on worshipers and like followers. I think that's hilarious. Like I think that's really funny. Like yeah. you know, you 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 sign up, you uh like get a flyer for like the you know million you know, it's like a the million follower, like you know, million worshiper league, and like the you know billion worshiper. <laughs> and there's league. there's two uh, there's two ma- like uh, gods that have like that are like a few followers off of each other, yeah. and they're like the highest ranked streamers. I mean, yeah. gods. Um, and everybody has an opinion on oh, I like this one or that yeah. one more. Yeah. Do you think somebody could follow multiple and they would get? those followers as well or is like a half follower no i think it's i think it's a choice can you change it yes yeah i i think so too i think there's like whole entire i mean the purpose of these competitions is to win over followers and change people's minds to your side right so I think it's a constant yeah. ebb and flow, and I think there's like you know drama in that between the gods too. I think of like that, yeah, I think there's also a major drama that's happened during, and I think there's like uh, these major upsets that happen that a god pretty much turns the whole crowd towards his side, and then, and then gets incredibly more powerful yeah. than the person they're fighting during the fight. Yeah. So they started in the same weight class. They did not end <laughs> yeah. in the same weight class, yeah. and so it dominates. I think that's so and so funny. like there is a there is a strategy in these fights of entertaining. Be entertaining. Sure. If yeah. you can like be so much more entertaining than your than your your combatant. You can win a bunch of his followers over mid-fight. Yeah, you can gain power through, you know, middle of the fight because you're you're more, you know, charismatic or, you know, inspiring. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it so much. I think it's so funny. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so then well, this Pantheon, before we before we finish, oh no, yeah, one I other think, question. I definitely don't think we're finished cool. yet, but what how many what are gods are in this pantheon what do we see what does that look like i think that's up to you i i i don't i don't have a clear number because i think there can be fun with Boy, I don't. hundreds i think there could be fun with 25 yeah i think man that's that's really difficult i mean i can see both being really fun i think i want to stay away from so many that it's hard to keep track of the celebrities for the players. Yeah. So makes sense. You know, like I think it'd be really fun to have like very recognizable or at the very least have like a top 25. That's like, you know, mm-hmm. that's you can really focus I think it's in always on. It's fun to have like um, a, uh, yeah, I was going to say know, maybe it's, there's it's even like a demigod league. Fun to have something else where you can pull someone. Right. They, they're out of the demigod league and now they're into, into the, the event. you know, into the God league. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I think that's they're out of Formula yeah, Two. They're into Formula exactly, One. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's you know I think that would be really fun. And you know maybe you even have some conniving gods who who got kicked out of godhood because they lost most of their followers and now they're trying to like you know 
connive their way back up to the top and you know they they hold grudges and from certain to certain gods and things like that and that could be really fun mm-hmm. next question that i kind of want to build off of too is how many people do we think are think in the world like do we think this is a pretty po- not, like big not populated like world incredibly small but just like if you think in terms of like our world like just the amount of people on like north and south america see i i like it's still a lot of people but it's concentrated yeah i want so what i want is um i want the world to be big and partially unexplored but i really want like the population to be really heavily concentrated so like everyone can come to the city of gods right like everyone can make the trip if they need right you can have you know a lot of people arrive at the city of gods and do their, you know, um, mm-hmm. and maybe like, do we see this world as like super magical or are we seeing this more conventional, like, you know, um, medieval fantasy? I think fantasy? it's semi magical. I think it, um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what their magic is, but I think it's, I think it is magic. It's, it's towards the high magic line, but it's not exactly high magic. Like, do you picture, um, do you picture, like, airships and stuff being a thing? I don't know. Honestly, I think I like the idea of, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of magic, but I like the idea of it being pretty normal, like, pretty normal life, you know, like, horses, carriages, you know, like, that kind of stuff more so than, like, you know. Yeah, that's what I was meaning. Yeah, that's what I was meaning. Stuff like um, that. I think I like it's, that. It's high magic yeah. is in magic exists and magic is very powerful and used by a lot of people, but not high magic in everyday life is thoroughly infused with magic. Yeah, no, I think I agree. I think I think they do have some sort of flying apparatuses, but I think they're like early, 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 early hot air balloons. And they like a kid they you can you can get a hot air balloon seat over the fights. Yeah, I think that's kinda I think I think yeah, I think I like that. I think that's fun. I think that's Do you think there's humans that have like higher standings to watch these fights too? Like, um like they have tons of money in their own private like box suites to watch these? Like do we think Oh yeah. Think... Oh yeah. And do you think every here's here's another question. Do you think every human soul, like every human that worships you equals the same amount or are there more people like the higher level you are, the more your follower weight is higher level you are, the more the more important your follower. Okay. Is. Yeah. yeah, I think I agree with that, too, because that would add agency to like player. You know, when they start leveling up to level 10 and 15, it starts getting really they awkward. Start, <laughs> they start being hunted as hey you should follow me yeah like you you come home they, they come back to their you know castle after a night you know saving the town and there's a god like sitting in their in in their kitchen <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh, i think yeah. that's fun i think that would be, i think you could have a lot of fun with like or like a sexy god in the bed fighting over the party of like come <laughs> yeah. on come on <laughs> yeah i know you've they've made an offer <laughs> yeah. I, I know the other one's made an offer but i i don't have the money to offer you but I have something else and like yeah, oh, tries could, to like win the party over. You could have a ton of fun. You could have, I mean, just, it, it would be a blast. I, I just love it. I love it so much. Well, I think I will cut us off there. Yeah. Yeah.
yeah. Heck yeah. This is a fun, weird <laughs> new world for season yeah. five. It's way different than what we've done so far. It's way different. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening to this episode uh, 88. Right? 88? We're on 88? I think we're on... Yeah, 88. I, I started writing... I don't know. I don't here we are. Up. I started writing um, 89 uh, already, like the next... The, what, who we're going to talk about next week. And so I have an 89 in my notes, and I was like, wait, 89? I didn't think we were on 89, so I was throwing myself off. <laughs> but it's 88, and if you listen to us on any podcasting apps that have ratings and reviews, it really helps the show if you write a review. Um, really shows you're um, engaging in more ways than just one and uh, helps bring others' attention to the show. Um, if you'd like to write to us, you can write to us at dungeoneered at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you if you have any uh, ideas for topics, lukewarm opens, want to talk to us about interesting things that you've made or that you you like that we made that you won't be added into your world. We'd love to hear it all. Um Anything else you can think of, Aaron? No, I don't think so. Okay. May the, God, well, may the gods ever be in your favor. As I always say. Always remember. I hate it. Just, I hate it. I hate it. I hate to it. be I hate the it. sharpest barrel in the bunch. See you next time. <laughs> yes, perfect timing. Wow, I that was perfect. Okay, anyway, bye. Bye. <laughs>